I have I have a BHAG. So cool. um so this is my kind of like um this lives in my journal that I yep, he's holding up a piece of paper for folks. Yep. So you guys are like um and I had this broken down into my own personal vision, mission, BHAG, um, um, and a guarantee. I actually I do it even like a, I do this like a business. So mm-hmm. what's your mission? What you uh, what's your vision, mission? Uh, what's your BHAG? And then you should have a guarantee. So um, uh, mine is to create an optimal daily routine with seasonal um, experiences. Mm. Now. So that's my, that's my, like, that is what I'm, str- that's my, if I can do that, like I'm optimizing the day and yep. every quarter, every season, I'm having a massive, like awesome experience. You fill in the blank, right? We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stop. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How you doing, Ben? Good, Patrick. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank Good. You. Today, we're going to return to our three by three. Our three by three is when I put together three subjects three questions and you give us kind of your three hot takes on each one of those so today we're going to talk about three tips for creating bhag goals we'll talk about what that is three ways to help us remember that we're all going to die <laughs> and three techniques to improve mobility so those last two are, are clearly related um, no, just um all right maybe, maybe all three do, are related uh, right yeah all three are related yes um in a way uh, they always are somehow somehow we always make them related all right, first one, first one first. Three tips for creating BHAG goals. BHAG, B-H-A-G, big, hairy, audacious goals. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's a Jim Collins term. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. so, so what do you think there? Three tips for creating them. So maybe first kind of like the why, what, like what, you know, the why behind What's, these things, what, totally. how they came to be. Um, and what Jim Collins, who's one of like the business gurus, wrote the book, Good to Great, amongst others, Built to Last. And um, you know, kind of conceptualize this idea of flywheel and all this other stuff. He's a really um, kind of fascinating read if you're into business mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and actually, it's more than, more than fascinating. It's almost like a, a, a price of admission stuff. You like, you have to. It, it's the classics. Yeah. Um, so he, what he found was amongst these really high achieving um, businesses, organizations, the one thing that they had in common was what he teamed was this BHAG, this big, hairy, audacious goal. So. All businesses have goals. You know, it's whether to hit numbers, create market share, um, have so many um, uh, revenue, whatever it might be. But what he found was these exceptional companies had just this, these huge, massive goals. And um, it's important to have those because they are one of the things that unite people and drive them to give people purpose beyond the paycheck. And it really shows where it's going and they motivate, inspire, and all the rest. So mm-hmm. now that we have those, the question is: um, remind me again. It's how to create them. Three tips for three tips. Them. Okay. Yeah. Um, the first one is that uh, if it doesn't scare you, it's too small. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you're um, a a CrossFit gym, mm-hmm. and you have uh, 150 members, and your goal, your your goal, like the thing that you're gonna like give out to all your team to show you like where we're going. This is what we're going to do is to get to 200 members. 
Like mm-hmm. that's not it. That's just not it. Now, maybe it's not membership at all, but if it's, um, it should be something along the lines of a big, hairy, audacious goal would be something like if membership, driving membership is your thing and you're at 150 members, it should be like 350 members. Mm-hmm. If you have one location, it's to open up maybe a second. It's not that. It's open up six. If you um, are trying to um, um, uh, create a competitive environment, instead of like, um, let's get somebody to semifinals, it should be like, let's get somebody at the podium on the games. And you can see what happens when you do this is you're just raising the bar, like massively raising the bar. Now, it's not about like, um, again, and you shouldn't know if you can get it for a BHAG. This is very different than like strategic quarterly objectives, mm-hmm. you know, um, OKRs, objective key results. These are, those are things that you have to hit and they're very, very different. That's the plotting along the course to make sure we're on track. This is a different thing that serves different purposes. So we want to make it scary. Like it's gotta be like bigger, big enough that you don't know if you can get it. The second I one think, though. I think it, it just, yeah, a, I, what I think is interesting about that is the word audacious is in there. And I think it's just easy to skip over because uh, we, yeah, yeah. we we sort of say like BHAG, big audacious, and we get stuck on big, right? Yep. And and hairy, right? But it, but audacious is in there. And audacious, the, you know, the meaning of that is like, when you say it to somebody in the back of their mind, they, they should probably think, eh, he's a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> There's I no way he's that. gonna do that's, that. And like, that's the, that's the indication that, okay, we're at least getting close. That could be one of the tips, right? Like mm. it, it should, other people hear it and they should go like, huh? Like that? <laughs> right. Like yeah. what? Yeah. Like you're going to start I think a- I, One of yours, I think is awesome. It's, and I don't know if you'd consider it this, but it's the, it's the, for CFNA is the, the, we want a tribe of, of, you know, 90 year olds who, you know, who are kicking ass. Right. To me, when I hear that, I think, all right, that, that's, that's audacious. Yeah. Right. So You've got a lot of things. For, ours for comp train. Like we have all these different things. Like we have yep. things that we share that create a direction of shared vision for our company. And we have our purpose, our mission. And then after that becomes the the big hairy audacious goal you can call it a 10 year target you can call it an aim you can, but we call it just this we call it what it is big hairy audacious goal and for comp train it's 1 million people on the platform mm. yep. that's that's real no nobody knows how we're going to get there right now because we have tens of you know we have about 100,000 people on the platform so it's 10x like 10x is enough for people to go like what like that's that's huge that's massive yeah. but that's what we're looking for so um the next one, which kind of like is the perfect segue to this, is it should, not only should it scare you, but it should excite you. Like, mm. it, it's got to be ex- like excite, like that for us is like, wow, a million people on the platform. Like, wow, if we got, and CFNE, wow, imagine if we got like this family, like this tribe of 390 year olds that are like kicking it. Like we're all still, <laughs> yep. we're all still like mountain biking and skiing and driving convertibles and, you know. Um, chasing girls around in our nineties. Like how freaking cool would that be if, if our organization could pull that off? Like that's, so it's gotta be exciting as well. And um, the last one, which kind of when these wrap together, you kind of see is to me, and we've bounced around with this a little bit is it should be measurable. Um, Mm. You know, certain people say it it doesn't need to be for a BHAG. It can kind of just be like conceptual. Like Michael Phelps's BHAG was to change the face of swimming, which I like. But you could almost put like some numbers behind. It was not to win 20 gold medals. That was not his his BHAG. 
it was truly to just become the face of swimming, which he did really well. And that's a, that is a big, hairy, audacious goal. That is, I don't know. You say it to somebody, you say it to your high school swim coach and they go like, yeah, Michael. (laughs) And he's sitting there saying like that, like, I'm going to do that. Like, wow, that's kind of scary, but it's also so freaking exciting. Now to him, he's going to be able to measure that in my opinion. So how do you measure that? Is it, how do you um, get it? Yeah. yeah, to know that you actually, and to know that you're chasing a thing. So that's why we, you know, um, kicking ass into our 90s and uh, a million people, you know, uh, Microsoft's was to put a de- uh, a computer on every desk uh, in the world. Coca-Cola was, um, or is, um, to put a Coca-Cola within, I think they say like within arm's reach, which is, or whatever they say, like with. Yeah. Like you can get that like at every convenience store. Like no one has to go far to get a Coca Cola anywhere. Um, Nike's back in the day was to was literally just crush Adidas. Like that was their big hard dish. Was like freaking crush Adidas. Yeah. Um, and at the time, like Adidas was the monster. So it's like that's mm-hmm. you say it to like that'd be like somebody coming and being like we're gonna crush Google in the in the search space. People be like what? Yeah. How are you gonna do that? But like yep. you can measure it. So yeah. that's the three I would go with. I would go with, uh, it's got to be kind of scary, um, kind of excite you. And to me, it should be measurable. So a couple, maybe a couple of questions off that. Cause I love the, the scary, exciting, the, you know, finding the, the, the avenue that gets you in both, you know, gets you both of those things. And I, and I think maybe it's not even a question, but I think the, the, one of the hard parts or one of the traps of setting a BHAG is picking something that's so scary that it paralyzes you, right? It's so scary that it doesn't actually inspire movement towards it, but it actually, in the back of your mind, you don't believe it in some ways. And so because you don't believe it, you don't, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, which is supposed to pull you forward. Totally. So how do you make sure, how do you find that right kind of um, um, channel so that it's both of those things and it's not, I'm going to set up, I'm going to create a BHAG and then it's going to, you know, like we've talked about a ton before with core values, right? I'm going to put it on the wall and it's not going to actually do anything. How do you make sure you got both those sides right? So it's it's the balancing act between, and it kind of comes into play when people use the acronym SMART goals, right? Specific, measurable, um, realistic, and time bound. So um, for for us in the, um, 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 in CF&E, we're not going like uh, create a family of humble, hungry, happy people who kick ass. Uh, at 200, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, like <laughs> yep. I would have no idea how to do that. Like I, I, I couldn't even like begin to wrap my head around that. It would paralyze me because mm-hmm. where the heck do I even start with that? Like I'm reading David Sinclair's lifespan right now. Josh, I'm interested in this stuff, but I have no freaking clue on truly how to, uh, I'm not even saying extend lifespan. That's only, that's not, it's like, I have an idea and I know how to take the necessary steps to move forward. And I'm excited to move forward tomorrow in pursuing this thing. If I make it too grandiose, and it's just a family. Like it's just us. I'm also not trying to say like, I'm going to change humanity and get humanity to kick ass into their 90s. No, I'm doing this with 300 people in Natick, Massachusetts in, mm-hmm. into, the, into what is already readily available if we take care of ourselves, 90 years old. Like that can be done. I know I can do that. And I'm excited on Monday morning to start working and chipping away at that. If it's some element of being in your control, even if you don't know how it's going to happen, but it, you can imagine at least that, okay, I I can put the pieces in place. The steps are like, I, I know right away what I'm doing today to make that happen. 
And if, again, if we go um, kick ass to 200, I literally have to start from scratch and go like, mm. I don't, I don't, I honestly, does that have to do with telomeres? Does that have to do with like, like chromosomes? Does it have to do with like yeah. mating with a jellyfish? Like I have no <laughs> idea how to get us to live to 200. Um, awesome. Hopefully it's not mating with jellyfish. Uh, the last question kind of on this idea is where is the value in uh, maybe in your experience or just generally you, you, how you think about it in BHAGs for personal life for an individual versus, you know, I think we talked mostly about a, a business brand, stuff like that, which I can wrap my head around a little bit more. Do you consider creating a BHAG for you personally that isn't related to the, isn't related to one of the businesses valuable? Yeah. So, um, I have, I have a BHAG. So, um, so this is my kind of like, um, this lives in my journal that I, he's holding up a piece of paper for, so you guys are like, um, and I had this broken down into my own personal vision, mission, BHAG, um, um, and a guarantee. I actually, I do it even like a, I do this like a business. So Mm -hmm. what's your mission, uh, what's your vision, mission, uh, what's your BHAG, and then you should have a guarantee. So um, uh, mine is to create an optimal daily routine with seasonal um, experiences. Mm. Now, so that's my, that's my, like, that is what I'm, stri- that's my, if I can do that, like I'm optimizing the day and yep. every quarter, every season, I'm having a massive, like awesome experience. You fill in the okay. blank, right? Yep. Whether it's like, uh, um, writing a book or um, um, doing a rim to rim excursion of the Grand Canyon, or it's uh, um, you know you fill in the blank. Anybody can fill yeah. in there, but that's what I'm you know um, a, um, a a a four day charity thing. A mm-hmm. go and do a, um, a a silent retreat for a, a week. So. Once every quarter, have one of those awesome experiences, and every day being like optimized to the. I know there's gonna be tri- there's gonna be trials and tribulations, and there's gonna be I'm um, not gonna get to all my emails and all that stuff. But can I optimize the daily routine? Um, and to me, that's a BHAG. That's like that's yeah. that's that's that to be able to do that as long as you can do it. I think is that that's the the audacious part of it is the it's the time. Well, the audacious right? part of it for- is like. I'm, I'm trying to create a perfect day over and over and over again mm-hmm. with um, every uh, three months, something amazing. What is the, what is the guarantee part of it? Uh, that I'm a little bit, I'm not sure I know what that means. So in the business, it would be like, uh, uh, we guarantee total sat- uh, customer satisfaction or your money back. That's a guarantee, yep. right? Yep. We, um, we guarantee, um, <clears throat> I, I mean, everybody knows what a guarantee is in this. And mine personally is, um, I guarantee that I will put my family first. Um, if they need me, I will come running. That's it. it. Like I just got it. No matter what happens, like um, so it's Heather like the one goes, non-negotiable. Like, it's the one non exactly. That's a good way of saying it. So no matter what I'm doing, if I'm in a meeting, if I'm in the middle of a project, if I'm coaching my athletes, if Heather calls up and goes, um, I got this thing going on, like boom, I'm like, yep. I'm in the car and I'm driving. Like I'm just going to meet right then. Um I'm having a hard time like figuring out how to do my, so like, uh, yesterday was Maya's 21st birthday. Mm, Our daughter, she's out at, she's out at UMass. And, um, Heather was like, I'd really like to, we're for people that are listening to this later on, we're still in COVID time right now. So it's like, we're not going to go out and like chill with her. We're not going to spend that. We can't do that. But she was like, I want to drive out and drop off. It's about 90 minutes away. She's at college. 
drop off a birthday gift for her. Um, she's like, in order for me to do this, it's gotta be, she's like, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I was like, I'll, I'll get the kids off to school. Like I'll go, I'll get them on the bus. I'll do the morning routine. So it's like that type of thing. Like no matter if there's an, if there's a thing that the family needs, like other stuff drops. I didn't get to work out, you know, like I didn't get to do my normal morning routine, but that's the guarantee. Love that. All right, cool. All right, our next, uh, our next topic, three ways to help us remember that we're going to die. A little memento mori as yeah, you know, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So um, Stoic philosophy has this saying, which you just said, um, memento mori, which is like, remember that you're mortal. Remember that you're going to die. And, you know, maybe you can help me out with this one. I don't know if I have three ways to remember this, but mm-hmm. I have, maybe I have a couple ways. And I have three, like kind of, I have some three things that this like does. Like this is I, I, three reasons I believe it's valid that we should remember we're going to die. Okay. Having said that, here's my, maybe you can tell me, maybe I'll answer those and maybe together sure. we can piece together three yeah. other ways. I like to think of it in terms of, um, cause what most people do is they, if you're, <clears throat> if you're 45 years old, like I am, and you're going to live to the average lifespan, let's call it 80. Um, that means I'm going to live for 35 more years. Mm-hmm. That doesn't create the same urgency with my relationship, and I actually got this from Jesse Itzler. Jesse Itzler, for those that don't know him, he's a like a serial entrepreneur, super successful. Started um, a jet company that sold to um, Warren Buffett, and has since gone on to create all these like uh, um, other things and adventure races. He's all into triathlons and intermittent fasting guy. He's a good listen. So our community would like to listen to him. And this is what he says: um, instead of thinking about like I have, so this way. The example he gives is, um, let's say you see your parents two or three times a year mm-hmm. and you are um, 40 years old and you live to 80. So that's um, 40 more years that you have to spend with your parents. Well, instead of thinking about it as 40 more years you get to spend with your parents, think of it as like, if you see them twice a year, you have, you have 80 visits left. You have 80 contacts with them. That's it. So after the next one, now the clock, now you're at 79. So, mm-hmm. And how fast that goes. And it brings a lot more. And this is, well, let's before, before I get to like my whys behind this, let's. Yep. So that's my first one is instead of thinking about how many more years, think about how many more times. So I do this with summers. So yep. instead of thinking like I have 45 more years, I think of like, I have 45 summers left. And all of a sudden it's like, summers go by like this. Like a summer is just like, everyone knows how fast like summer goes by. You used to think that like, 4th of July was, do you have this experience? Like I used to think 4th of July is like the kickoff to summer. And now 4th of July is like the middle of summer. <laughs> yeah. It's like a signal that it's starting to wrap up. Yeah. It's like, honestly, like <laughs> we used to go to the Cape for the summer. It used to be like, you are the Cape for like July and August. And that was the summer. And now for some reason, like summer stops at like August 15th. Now mm. it's like, Schools are starting earlier or there's something that's going on. Sports are starting earlier for the kids. But to me, if I think of it in terms of like how many more ski seasons or ski trips do I have left or how many more visits do I have with my parents? How many more trips am I going to be able to take to this place? Like how many more um, birthday parties do I have with my eight-year-old son before he leaves for college? Like Mm. that brings this like this, that. So the other one I came up with was, um, 
this idea of like funerals and, mm-hmm. you know, going through the process of like um, going to um, pay respects, honor and grieve um, someone that you've lost. Mm-hmm. And what that can do, what the interesting thing about those is we see these as these really um, traumatic events, which they are. But the interesting thing that we should all conceptualize is every single, you're going to attend the funeral of every single person that you're close with, mm-hmm. unless you die first. Like, like every member of your family, you're going to go to their funeral. Every person that's close to you, your friends, you're going to go to their funerals. And that's just like, again, brings this level of, so let me talk about these other ones. It brings this level of urgency mm-hmm. to like this today matters, like carpe diem, bro. Like today matters, this urgency. Instead of this passivity to like, let's do another Netflix episode. It's why you and I can't sit through these things. Mm-hmm. It brings a level of perspective to time is, uh, time is a gift that you have to take advantage of. You only have this one day, this one moment, this time. You don't know when it's going to wrap up. And then the third one is this level of like humility. Like you are but a, 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 a speck. You are but like you are less than a centimeter in the infinite tape measure of life. Like how long that is, right? And you're this tiny little blip on that. And all of a sudden, again, that brings a different level of perspective into things because like all these things that we think are dealing with that are like light, like these massive, super important things. Someone said something bad about you on social media, like bro, like chill out. It's not, it might not be as big as we think it is. And I was talking about this with Katrin and Chandler the other day and um, Katrin had a good analogy for this. So maybe this is another way. She's like, Think of your lifespan as a spool of thread that you're pulling on. And every moment, every day, every month, every year that you get, you pull it. And eventually at some point, the spool of thread, you've pulled all of it off and that's when you die. Mm -hmm. And her take was, the interesting thing about that is nobody knows how much thread you have. So this is again, like to remember you're going to die and you don't know when it could be tomorrow. It could be a year. It could be, you know, with the lifespan thing that we're working on, it could be 150 years from now and nobody really knows. But curious what you have, Patrick, because I know you think about this a, a, a lot as well. And yeah. do you have other uh, tools that to, to remember? Yeah, I think I've got, you know, maybe one tool certainly that I've done and that I've thought about. And actually somebody's asked us about it as well before and we've never tackled it, which is kind of writing your own obituary, right? The mm. back to the 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 funeral and thinking about that. And really, really sitting down and actually writing like what what do you I think I think it's an interesting experience or an interesting exercise because you end up putting down what you want to have it say. Right. You, you think about, well, what do I want somebody to remember me as? What do I want them to have said about what I did or who I was or where I, you know, where I went and all these things. And then you're forced and then it creates a certain tension, a certain tension in your mind of saying, I haven't done those things yet. I'm not that person yet. I, I would love to be, but I'm not yet. Right. And then if you can remember that and then you can say, okay, well, back to that urgency idea, like I, 
I don't know when my spool is going to run out. So I need to get moving on that thing so that that thing is true. I think that, I think it's an interesting exercise. That's a really cool one. Um, so as I was talking with Katrin and Chandler about this, um, Chandler, I was like, ah, what is the Stoic saying for it? I was like, it's not a Morifati that's embrace fate, um, mm-hmm. love fate. And he was like, it's this. And he pulls down his shirt and yeah. on his trap, it's tattooed. Memento Mori. I was like, awesome. Damn, that's cool. That's one way to remember. Yeah, so maybe that's yeah, a tool. Tattoo it, tattoo it on. Yeah, me. there it is. Yeah. yeah. I think ultimately, whatever it is. Ryan Holiday would say, the, buy my coin. He has coins that right. say this. Yeah, but the point of it is put it in your pocket and look exactly, at it. Exactly, so you remember. It. Put it in your yes. hand, remember it. You know, I think one of the other things that he says, which is really hard, and quite honestly, I, I've done it, I, but it goes back to what I was about to say, which is like, it's all about remembering it regularly. It's not about writing an obituary once and putting it in a shelf and never thinking about it. Right. The idea is in something that he says a lot, which is, uh, and it's related to this, which is like, he spends time thinking about the chance, the possibility, the, the, even if it's small, that his kids might die. And that forces you to ask yourself, what am I going to do today to make sure that if God forbid that were to happen, I don't, regret everything that happened, but what everything that came before. Right. And I think that ultimately all, all everything that you said, everything we talked about, it's all just about remembering not every once in a while, not just when somebody dies and you go to a funeral and you have that moment where you realize <laughs> consciously or not like, shit, I'm going to be in that box one day. Right. But it's to, how can I figure out how to remember it consistently so that I can act on it consistently and whichever, however you do that is the right way to do it. Cool. Changing gears entirely. Three <laughs> techniques to improve segueing. Segway. Yeah. It's always hard, to... hard to segue off of death. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I should have saved that one for last. Three techniques to improve mobility. Okay, so, um, so the obvious one is stretching. Let's pat, like stretch. So mobility is accent is essentially. Um, being able to gain access to and control full end ranges of motion. So um, it's not necessarily like just end range of motion because you can be double jointed and that's not mobility. That's actually um, a hindrance. So it's like this uh, um, in strength that we call it like productive application of force. In this, it's like um, the ability to control full end ranges of motion. So, um, you know, I, I'm not, it's so because of that I'm not, it's not stretching. It's not yoga. It's not, um, Pilates, not that type of stuff. Maybe a little more, um, outside the box, which I think are really strong ones that, um, would improve performance more so than yoga, Pilates, fill in the blank, sitting and stretching. Um, the first one is hydrate water. Mm. So um, it's super important. So we work with um, TB12, Tom Brady's um, physiotherapist, Alex Guerrero and Tom Brady got together and created TB12. Um, and it's uh, since spawned off to like books and podcasts and uh, nutritional products. But the heart of it is this um, physiotherapy and it's um, they work on you and they um, they do body work. And when they're doing this body work, they're able to tell how hydrated you are. And they're they're right. Like I've gone in there when I'm not hydrated and I've gone in there when I am and they can feel it because the tissue responds or it mm-hmm. doesn't. 
Kelly Surratt has an easy example of this is just take your thumb and push it in on your shin bone. If you push it on your shin bone and the dent stays, you're not hydrated. If it, re, if it recaptures its form quickly, you are. It's much better hydrated. And it it's the ability for the tissue to do what it's supposed to do. So um, both those guys, Alex Guerrero and Kelly Starrett, are a lot smarter than I am in terms of mobility. And they both believe so much in this hydration component that um, I'm just kind of like the messenger here. Yep. Because, and, I also, and I also believe it as well. Um, so first one is hydration. Okay, begs the question of how much. Uh, th- there's two ways to, to think about that. The first one is um, the hard number. And the hard number that is uh, really common is half your body weight, if you measure your body weight in pounds, um, in ounces of water. Hmm. Meaning a 150-pound person should have 75 ounces a day of water. Okay, that next one, if you don't like that, is you're not going to measure it, is the color of your urine, assuming that you're not taking any like B vitamins or other things that just turn it like bright neon, is it shouldn't be totally clear that might be overly hydrated but if you think of it in terms of like a a spectrum of like um one to ten with um one being totally clear and ten being like coca-cola brown it should be like a two or three just off of clear um a very light color to it and um so yeah the color you pee so the first one's um hydrate water um next one is speaking of TB12 is soft tissue work. So whether that is, uh, if you have the access to someone like Guerrero, like Tom Brady gets worked on two or three times a day with professional body workers, um, that's awesome. That's amazing. Most of us don't have that. So for us, it becomes the cheap person's massage, which is a foam roller. Um, Foam rolling increases ranges of motion. More so, so... I did this practice. Remember, I was trying to do splits. That was my New Year's yeah. challenge last year. I was trying to do splits. And gosh, I was I was stretching upwards of 20 to 30 minutes a day. And when I started, and I was really hitting a dead end and um, not really um, doing myself any favors. And I started working with the TB12 guys. And they're like, um, you probably don't need to stretch as much as you are. Instead, why don't you try this foam rolling protocol? And they just like told me to, and like, Boom, like in half the time, I also saw immediate massive differences. Mm. And the reason for that is if you think about um, think about your muscles, like everyone has these um, bands that we work with in CrossFit gyms, right? You hang a band from a pull-up bar, you put your feet in and you do those. So think of those bands. Think about looping a really thick black band into a really thin, um, easy to stretch red band usually, or green band or whatever it might be. Now let's take those two bands and tie one end off to a post. Put the other hand, the other one in your hand and stretch it really far. Take 10, 15 steps backwards. What you'll see is the red thin band stretches a ton. The black thick band doesn't stretch really at all. Mm-hmm. That's the equivalent of you stretching across tight and loose muscles. Mm-hmm. Your body is going to steal from the already loose muscles. It's going to stretch what's already easy to stretch, the red band, the thing that's not tight in your body. The thing that is tight in your body is not going to stretch. So stretching makes loose muscles looser, doesn't do anything for tight muscles. <laughs> Whereas foam rolling is essentially 
grabbing that black band, pulling it to an end range, and then pushing your fist into it to stretch it. You're isolating and working on that specific targeted area, aka just take your fist and put it in whatever's tight on you, like whether it's your calves or it's your groin or it's your um, bicep and just work on it and knead it out. That's the way you break, it's not necessarily, it's not actually like breaking it up, but conceptually you think about like breaking it up and restoring the quality um, like tissue length that it can then now be stretched. So um, foam rolling is soft tissue work of some sort. Um, professional would be the best, but if you're like me, you're not going to be able to do that. So grab a foam roller. Yep. Um, and the third one is probably the least intuitive of all of them, which is activate. So what I mean by activate is something like um, crossover symmetry. Mm-hmm. Now, I love crossover symmetry, but it doesn't need to be that. But here's the amazing thing is if you have somebody um, – Let's say um, take um, t- put your arms out straight in front of you, um, like you were double pointing at somebody. But take your arms straight out in front of you, and then just bring them as wide as you can back behind you. You'll stop at a certain point, of course, and your shoulder blades get and you kind of and get your end range of motion with your shoulders. And then what you can do then is with your feet planted, your chest facing forward, is look out over one hand and see where that is, get a landmark on something on the wall and see how much range of motion you have. Mm-hmm. Now, grab a band, a crossover symmetry band, do the same thing 10 times without going to your end range of motion. That's the amazing part. Without going back as far as you can, just come close with an inch or two and just do that 10 times. So just kind of that reverse fly motion 10 times, reverse fly motion 10 times, reverse fly motion 10 times. Put the bands down, and redo that. People can do this right now. Like even without a band, you can do this. Just kind of like, mm-hmm. and then retest it. And what's amazing is without even getting to end range of motion, your body recaptures greater end ranges. You can increase your range of motion, increase your mobility through activation and strengthening exercises like crossover symmetry. That's why it's such a powerful thing is because it will work with all those um, small muscles in the right kind of activating uh, pattern to allow you to gain access to bigger ranges of motion. So water, soft tissue, activate. I'm going to try to connect all three of these, even though it's going to be difficult with a question. In pursuit of getting to 90 and continuing to kick kick ass so that we can put death off as long as possible. How important is mobility as we get towards the end ranges of that age range? Does it, does it increase substantially? Is it kind of like, a uh, investing early where, you know, you, you invest when you're 20 and it pays off when you're 90, like where, where, how much is mobility going to be? Uh, uh, how central will it be? to your seeing that BHAG come to come to fruition. Yeah, it's definitely a piece. Um, it's a piece and I don't know how big of a piece it is because um, we have yet to achieve our BHAG. But right. here's there are correlates to like um, how easy it is for you to get off the ground without using your hands is correlated to lo- your longevity. So that's like, and people go like, yeah, that's healthy user bias. There's a lot of things that go along with that. It's a correlate, not causality. I'm not saying like if you work on, 
um, your, your hip mobility, you extend life. But right. here's what is important. It's we are, our BHAG is not to extend life. Ours is to be kicking ass while we're old. So part of that for us is to make sure that we have mobility so that we can, when we're traveling to uh, Tahiti, to, you know, kick it with our, um, you know, significant and drink Mai Tais and ride jet skis when we're 95 years old, when we go on the plane, we can put our own luggage in the overhead compartment because we have full access to our shoulder. We can't, we're not like that picture that old person with the cane, the kyphosis, the rounded shoulders, the jutted forward head. We have good posture. We can um, tie our own shoes. We can step up onto 24-inch boxes because we want to be able to hike and be able to step onto big boulders. We can, I've fallen and I can't get up. We can get up if we've fallen down. Mm -hmm. Mobility for us is one of those central tenets of um, the physicality that we're looking for as we chase this kicking ass into our 90s. Love it. All right, my friend. That was three tips for creating BHAG goals, three ways to help us remember that we're going to die, and three techniques to improve mobility. Thank you to everybody out there listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. They do help new folks find the show. And if you want to add some questions to a two-minute drill in the future, find me on Instagram, P.S. Cummings. Drop me a DM. We'll get it on the list. And Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.